This is your co-host, Mark, former Hooper, college Hooper, coach, trainer, hoop lover. You can follow me on Instagram at Breaking Barriers Training. Here with my guy, says kids, future partner in coaching and business, GZAC. Hey, what's up, man? I'm your other co-host, Gerald, Hooper, coach, trainer, overall lover of the game. Y'all can follow me over on Instagram at GZ underscore hoops. I'm here on my boy since kids and my future coaching colleague. Thanks for tuning in with us and let's get straight to the episode. My bro, what's up with you? Hey, what's going, Mark? How you doing? Pretty good, bro. Just chilling. How are you? I'm cool. I'm cool. Just uh, another week down, man. Another Another episode of the Breaking Barriers pod. We got a good one today. Yeah, for sure, man. I've been looking forward to it, bro. Thanks. And you know how it goes, man. Before we get going here, we got to give a shout out to Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everybody that's thrown out our content and also everybody that's listening to our content as of late. Our numbers been going crazy, so shout out to everybody out there tuning in. Facts, man. We appreciate the love, man. Just keep it coming. And also, before we get into things... Uh, you know, I want to do a little something different. I ain't get to tell you about it. I forgot. Just thought about it. But uh, before things get started, I just wanted to uh, shed a few things on the uh, Breonna Taylor thing. And just, of course, please ask everybody who can to please go vote. And, uh, wherever you're at, man, don't matter yeah. what state, wherever you are, if you're able to, you got to get out there and do your due justice, man. Please, um, you know. You know, it's it's a it's tragedy all over, of course. But I mean, that that one is just unexplainable, and everybody know the truth of it and what mm-hmm. the deal should be. But um, you know, we can't change things. We can only move forward. I mean, we can't change what they already have you know, done. Made it, exactly. You know, we right. can only try to move forward and change the things to come. So, um, you know, for the people who can and tune in, please vote. And um, keep trying to get justice, man. For sure. I mean, we've talked about a lot of uh, non-basketball topics on the pod, and a lot of it has been due to what's going on in the world currently. So we got to yeah. use our voices here on the Breaking Barriers yeah. pod to kind of shine light on some negativity in the world and just kind of remind people, hey, your vote does matter. Right. All votes matter. We got to just figure this out as a as a whole. You know what I'm saying? So. Definitely, bro. But you know, I just wanted to throw that out there, and um, you know, let's let's get started because today should be interesting for sure. And honestly, one more thing too, everybody that's been tuning in, if y'all can, make sure you like us on your uh, streaming platforms or apps. Make sure you leave a review. I want to give a shout out to two of my boys back home in the Gannon area, James Fleming and uh, Jimmy Rondinelli. They left. Crazy reviews on the pod meant a lot to me and Mark for sure. Definitely. And, I mean, it just makes us want to keep going. And I just want to say thanks to those guys. I know both of them been streaming a lot on Twitch. If you want to look them up, they've been playing a lot of NBA 2K. So if you like hoops, it's entertaining. Video game type basketball over at Boardman Get Paid on <laughs> Twitch.tv. So shout out to the boys back home for real. Shout out to them for sure. Cause I mean I mean I didn't even see it, you know. So when you sent it earlier, you know that was that was uh that was dope for real. My boy I'm, Jimmy typed up an essay MLA format. <laughs> I mean bro, I and I sat there and read the whole thing because it was that dope. And it was just so 
surreal because I mean it made me feel like we was famous for a moment, you know, just just looking at <laughs> and seeing that people actually tune in and want to listen and and give the, a, a positive review. So for sure, you know I mean that's dope, man. Shout out to both of them for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So without further ado, bro, let's uh, get into episode thirty-one. Here we got a few things to talk about. We got an interview later on in the episode, so let's yeah. dive right into it. But let's, let's get it. First things first, we got to just talk about the conference finals, obviously, that's going on. Um, let's dive right into the Eastern Conference first. I mean, shoot, they've been exciting to say the least, but we seen last night Miami take a 3-1 lead on my pick out of the East, Boston. And I just got to say one name and one name only from last night. <laughs> Tyler Hero, man. Kentucky alone, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, bro. Hey, them, them Wildcats are standing out right now, bro. I mean Tyler and Bam, right? Yeah, bro. And then on the other, on the other uh, side of the conference, of course, you got AD. Jamal. He was, you know, it's crazy. I mean, he got Kyle Perry really got four Wildcats in the bubble, um, just doing numbers. So shout out to all of them. But I mean, you know, as the name you said, Tyler, man. I mean, he just he didn't look like no rookie yesterday at all. Not at all, bro. I mean, that's the thing. It's like this kid is twenty years old. I mean. We're sitting here 24, 25 years old. I mean, we've, right. had, we've done a lot of things in our, our young lives, right? But we can't say we've been competing and just elevating our games within a conference championship like Tyler is right now. I mean, oh, this man. dude dropped 37 points last night. Bro, in his first ever conference finals playoff series ever. And it's like, bro, could you, could you imagine being in that situation? I mean – we used to get nervous just for baseball games. <laughs> right. Bro, I seen something today. You you want to feel old? Oh, man. I'm scared to ask. I seen it was like Tyler Hero is the first individual born after 2000 to compete <laughs> in a conference championship. <laughs> God dang. But, That's yo, he, he is different, bro. And, honestly, yeah. I've been rocking with him since his high school days, following him at Kentucky. Right. Seen him play live at Kentucky when they played our boy Malik Miller. Shout out to Malik, former IUP standout. Now yeah. he's over in Spain. We, we'll talk about him in a, a later episode for sure, hopefully get him on here. But Shout I've been Malik. rocking with Tyler for a minute now, and it's crazy to see what he's doing in the league. But I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't think he was going to be doing that. I knew he was able to do it. I mean, that kid's confidence just out of this world, and that's a big aspect within the game of basketball. I mean, we like you said, bro, we, we say it every episode, you know, so, I mean, it's – it's the honest is about truth. How you uh, practice is how you play, and how you believe in yourself is how you carry yourself. I try, I honestly and truly believe that honestly, and he show it. I mean, they they showed a, a video of him last year from college when he made a free throw to to ice the game, and you know everybody said about him, of course, when he said I'm a bucket. But I mean, he backing it up. I mean, he like is. He, like he you, is, like you said, bro. I didn't think he would. I mean, I knew he would be big, of course. He he's just a dog, but I mean, for his maturity level to be at this spot right now, at this time of the season, uh, this time period in his career, um, mm -hmm. he's just different, bro. Right, that's the thing, man. I mean, honestly, it's not like he's just running around off screen sniping either. I mean, this kid is attacking the game from all three levels, right? But right. I mean, based out of the pick and roll, his ability to create space off the screen utilize his skill set, whether that's making a combo move or just rising up above the defender and splashing right. a jumper, 
whether he is in the catch-and-shoot position, which he's very able to do. But I like how he's attacking the rim as well and using his uh, flotation device, you know what I'm saying? He's able to float that ball right over the bigger defenders and finish with touch. I mean, he's yeah. really doing his thing, man. That's, that's all we really got to say. Yeah, yeah, man, I mean, his, yesterday he spoke for himself mm-hmm. as, as far as what he's been doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy because he's a rookie and he plays a, a, a humongous part. Mm-hmm. And nobody really give him that much credit as they – they give him credit, of course, you know, because he's a rookie and he don't do. But I mean, I don't think he. They give him the credit of how much of a, a part he really is. For sure, and that's what we've talked about the last couple of weeks with this Miami team. I mean, they're a super duper gritty team, right? They play from within and they play together. And I, I mean, I really admire Coach Spolster, really, because I think he got all these dudes to buy in, with one goal in mind, obviously, to attain a championship, bring it back to Miami. Right. And, I mean, I think that also allows Tyler to remain confident and remain kind of that dog instinct that he has instilled within himself to kind of just play his game. Because, you know what I'm saying, a lot of rookies exactly. are kind of timid, right? Yeah. But if your coach kind of gives you that green light, you're going to go and do your thing. No, that's facts, bro. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you dealt with it um, as a player, uh, transition from one coach to another or, you know, from – one big jump to the next big jump of a higher level, um, you know, and you just need to know that for one, your coach believe in you and trust in you and um, that your teammates have also got your back. And it's just amazing to see the camaraderie that they all have as a team. And, um, you know, they're a testament of Spolstra. He's a, um, he's a tough coach and he, um, you could see it in his team. They're a hard nosed team. I mean, we said it in previous episodes before too, but I mean, look how much they're implementing the zone. They're making that zone look like a a normal man to man, bro. At the highest level. At the highest level. So that tells you you're never too good for a zone for one. And um, sometimes you just can't guard a team. <laughs> in all honesty. Right, and that's the thing. What What do you think Boston needs to do to kind of flip the switch and potentially come back within this series? They got to go full throttle, like uh. Like Utah, uh, I mean not Utah, not even not, I said Utah. Denver. Like uh, like Denver did, yeah, against mm-hmm. Utah and against uh, the Clippers. If you've seen both times, uh, it looked like they was especially against Utah. Uh, it looked like Minnesota. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at this thing right here. I'm sorry, I'm tripping. <laughs> it <cool>. looked <laughs> it looked like the um, Utah Jazz had the Denver Nuggets in the water, and it's just like Denver just turned it up, and they started just. Uh, clicking with everything, and I feel like that's what uh, Boston need to do as well, bro. They they click, but they can't keep it for a full game for, for four quarters. Yeah, they keep it for like maybe two half uh, to to the third, and then um, they done, bro. And mm-hmm. it's over in the fourth. They crash, so right. um, they just need to go full throttle. What about you, though? I mean, honestly, man, I think it really starts on the defensive end of the ball. Right. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that day in, day out, whether we're coaching, whether we're playing. It starts on the defensive end. But one thing I've been noticing is late game, Kemba Walker's not on the floor. You see Marcus Smart out there trying to implement some uh, defensive pressure. Yeah. So, to me, you spend all this money on Kemba. Obviously, dude's a bucket. Dude's a great – he's an all-star player, right? But right, right. if he can't get it done on that end of the court, I mean, are you able to kind of rely on him or what? And that's the that's the thing, bro. I mean, 
I don't know. That puts them in a bad position. And, and they already are kind of outnumbered at the big spot. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you see how many second-chance rebounds they always give up to Miami, it's, it's horrible already, you know. So, you know, being that you got to shy away from Kemba, too, it's pretty much showing that you pretty much ain't got no solution for it, you know. And you, what, five games in now? Mm-hmm. I mean, Brad Stevens is a great coach, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, you got to have some adjustments for him, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Pretty much at this point, there, there ain't no any adjustments you could really do besides just play. Right, honestly. And that's what we've talked about multiple times throughout this whole bubble uh, series, I guess you could say. Um, within the bubble, anything can happen, right? So it's not really about the whole fan atmosphere. It's not about having home court. It's really just rolling the ball out and playing. Right, So for sure. Honestly, I don't know if this type of play would be happening for the Miami Heat if this was outside the bubble. Um, I mean, bro, I don't know if they'd be dogging teams. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But then again, I mean, I don't know about dogging them. But then again, bro, the way their chemistry is, they've been mm-hmm. playing like this. Honestly, they've been playing this type of basketball all season. I feel like it was just overlooked, like we said in the previous episode, because of the fact that, um, you know, some games you go into the game, oh, they're playing this team, they're going, this team going to win. You know, you look at the politics of things and the numbers of it, and mm-hmm. you don't really pay attention. But honestly, they started out, if, if you remember, they started out undefeated. Right. And I, just, I just think their mentality and their tight-knit group just like full heartedly fits this bubble atmosphere, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so, see what like, you're saying. I see they're really saying. taking advantage of the times of the scenario that they're in, and I mean, I'm excited to see them win the games. Like, I, I mean, I've been ro- I've been rocking with them throughout the playoff series, but I still gotta be rooting for Boston low key because that was my prediction <laughs> here on the Breaking Barriers pod. But yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, another thing about Miami though, obviously we gotta talk about Jimmy Butler real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean. We've talked about it multiple times. Obviously, this dude was not the issue in Chicago, Minnesota, Philadelphia. I mean, he always was kind of getting that rap as the bad dude, the dude that kind of brought the team down. Right. Well, it seems like he's taken a bunch of quote-unquote nobodies to a, a casual basketball fan and kind of elevating their game to the highest level. I mean, Man. you got to give credit where credit's due for Jimmy Butler. You got to. I mean, he showed that he's a closer for one. And he also showed that um, he could be a leader because, you know, Thanks. the biggest question was, is he a real leader or, um, like you said, is he, quote, unquote, the trouble starter in the locker room? And um, just all the stupid antics that they find for some people who they don't know if they really dogs or not. And um, I feel like he just proved himself with this move to Miami. He uh, had that much confidence in himself that he could mm-hmm. make that move and lead as a, a leader and. Um, you know, just he just wanted to prove himself with that chip on the shoulder that he always has. And like you said, I, I think the bubble do fit them perfectly because I mean, um they just got themselves to focus on. Facts. As far as everything. So For sure. I'm a, I'm gonna read you one one tweet pertaining to the Miami Heat and then we can move over to the Western Conference. But I seen this right before we hopped on. Uh, the Miami Heat starting five has one McDonald's All-American, a starter that played D3, Duncan Robinson, and a coach that started as a video guy. Let that <laughs> sink in. Run your own race. 
there are many routes to get to the same goal. doesn't matter how you get to your goal. Just work hard and go get it. And honestly, that relates to us thick and through. I mean, we talk about it episode uh, 1 through 31, really, brick by brick, just kind of breaking those barriers, hence the name, right, and just kind of staying on track, staying with the course. And, I mean, Miami has really just kind of lived up to that height. Facts, bro. Um, I mean, like you said, brick by brick. I mean, Eric Spolster, when he, like I, I remember when he first got hired, I was, like I said last episode, I believe it was, or episode before, mm-hmm. I was still wondering why Pat Riley didn't just take LeBron and them and just dog walk through the league right? like he would have with them. But, um, you know, I think he's seen the vision for Eric Spolster. And I think he's seen, obviously, I don't think he obviously seen the passion he had because he was um, behind closed doors with him. And I think everything just played a part for itself. And, I mean, shout out to East Post for real because he, he's showing, you know, post LeBron and D-Wade and Chris Bosh that he still know how to win games and get into the playoffs. So, right. Got to give credit where it's due. For sure, bro. For sure, bro. Puts his guys in positions to win basketball games, and that's really the the – Job description of a basketball yeah. coach to <laughs> simplify things. But, yeah, man, shout out to Miami. Shout out to Tyler Hero. Interested to see how that series finalizes there. But, well, you know, we'll be talking about it next week on episode 32 Definitely. for sure. Now, switching sides to the Western Conference Finals. Now we know the Lakers are up 2-1 um, against the Denver Nuggets, obviously. And we got game four tonight. Now – we knew based off the two previous series, kind of like you touched on a little bit ago, that the Nuggets weren't just going to fold because they were down 2-0. Yeah. Right. I mean, Joker, Joker and Jamal, they're just too talented to allow the Bruins to come out. You know right. what I'm saying? So, right. I mean, they're just – they're not going to give up, man. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, to. at this point, what do you got to lose? Uh, right. And as much as people, you know, say they are all their away from their family, this or that, you, you still playing the game you love and you're getting paid and – no matter what you say, if you win the whole thing, you still get a big fat ring like if you won in front of a million. So, right. um, they don't got nothing to lose, bro. I mean, they wasn't even supposed to get past the Jazz, you know, later right. on the Clippers. So, you know, um, like, they don't got nothing to lose at all. If they was able to even pull this one off, you know I mean? I think the world would be flipped over. Right. And that's the thing, man. I mean, as a player, as a coach, as an athlete in general, um, most guys or gals don't really enjoy being down, let's say, 2-1, or in their instance, 3-1, typically, within any sort of playoff series. But I feel like Denver kind of is comfortable in that seat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. they, they thrive off that. How? I don't know. But they, they do. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I could see L.A. pulling off the victory tonight, and I can see Denver stealing another game. But at the end of the day, kind of like we talked about last episode with our predictions, I still think L.A. is going to come out on top, but Denver's going to keep pushing. Even if they go six, I feel like L.A. is going to push, and they are going to push L.A. and make L.A. almost feel like they went seven games just because Mm -hmm. of how hard Denver played. And and honestly, that's a testament to their coach as well, uh, Malone. He just Mm – I saw him talk behind the scenes, you know, when they were down 3-1 both times. And honestly, he basically told them the same thing. Like, what do we got to lose? Uh, all the pressure is on these teams to close it. If if That's we true. even win one game, 
that's just the game we were supposed to win to not go out just as fast, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. somehow, some way, you know, he he's showing his guys he believes in them. And, um, you know, like you said, they're a tough team and they ain't going nowhere. But um, I feel like L.A. got them pretty much wrapped. The, the thing that didn't secure me on um, Denver winning two games in this series is last game when they was up by, what, almost 20-something. And mm-hmm. the Lakers wasn't even playing good basketball. And they cut the lead down to five. They really went on a tear there in the fourth quarter, led by, honestly, Rajon Rondo. Exactly. So, you know, they, they had the lead down to five, I believe, either before or right after halftime. And then, like you said, the fourth quarter, they went into that tear. So, um, you know, it just showed if they play that type of basketball the whole game and stay focused because, you know, LeBron, how he is after a, a, a loss in the series. He's coming back mm-hmm. full fuel, and nine times out of ten, you know, you're not going to win that game. And um, I'm expecting to see them to be like that the rest of the series because, honestly, I feel like they'll win this one, and then I feel like they'll have the black jerseys back on for Kobe. The Mamba. Yeah, mission. just so they can have that feel to the fire. And um, mm-hmm. I feel like they'll close it out there, honestly. AD. That's the th- Can't stop AD, bro. Right. That's the thing, man. It's like – if the Lakers are just playing focused team basketball, they can't be beaten. Yeah. Like, I feel like they just get lackadaisical at times, which, I mean, that happens a lot within all sporting events. <laughs> Quote, unquote, L.A., but, period. <laughs> right. I mean, facts. But it's like, I feel like LeBron, like you said, is going to kind of snap his fingers and be like, all right, like, let's just get this series over with so we can chill and prep for the finals. Right. Now, also with AD, though, bro, last game, he only had two boards. Right. Four boards total between four of their big men, bro. Like, what's up with that? I mean, these dudes need to hit the glass hard, and they need to run. And they need to make open jump shots. That's really all they have to yeah. do when you're playing with the great LeBron James. Exactly, bro. And to be honest with you, like you said, they're, a lack, they're lackadaisical. And I feel like, um, honestly, I feel like every team do that against uh, Denver. They feel like they maybe found them out or – Oh, mm-hmm. we see what the other team did, so we won't do this. And, you know, Denver's just right there talking about, you know, don't let us put our foot in the door because if we got one in the door, there's a chance we might get the other one. So, so um, mm-hmm. you know, I think they need to shape that back up because um, they shouldn't even be in this series with LA, honestly. Facts. And that's the thing, man. You made me even think of – we used to talk about this a lot at Northwestern High School over in Erie. And I remember hearing this spiel from Coach Mancino at Kennedy, but never, ever played down to your competition. It's easy to do that, too. Very so easy. easy. If and you're it's... supposed to win the game, go out, get the job done, and, and exactly. let it be that. I mean, if you play down, you're going to let a team like that hang around. That gives them confidence, and then bad things happen. So I feel like, like I said, LeBron's really going to kind of dig into these dudes, get them a little more focused than maybe they were heading into game three, and I think they're going to kind of solidify the series here sooner than later. Uh, uh, for sure. I mean, how many teams have you lost to in your career in basketball that you know for a fact you shouldn't have lost to, you know, and especially games that was championships or to go to the championship, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just – For sure. Or playoff games, period. You know, that that's honestly the, the truth of it, and that's why everybody can't be champions, and that's why they say it's hard to be a champion. Because, um, honestly, bro, it takes so much focus. And I don't want to make it sound like uh, 
fifth grade because that's the level I coached at. You know, I don't want to make it sound like that's mm-hmm. the hardest level to win at. But, I mean, it's especially at that level for kids, it's hard to, you know, keep them focused. So, just for sure, to be a man. champion, period, you know, I, I learned to – I started learning patience through them just by the, the kids because of the fact, you know, they got to the championship so many times they wanted to win. We lost a lot of times to teams we should have won against, but, you know, they didn't have that patience. They didn't do the stuff that got them there, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it's not easy being a champion and it's hard, and I think that's why uh, the Lakers is probably the the most favorite, of course, period, because of the fact, like you said, they could turn that switch on and off, but they just got the overall mm-hmm. team, bro, and it's just um, once they finally decide to keep it clicking and stay focused, I feel like they can sweep through the rest of the playoffs. Should, man, they should. But honestly, man, looking at how the Lakers defended, let's say, Dame Lillard, James Harden, Russ Westbrook, um, and looking at how those guys kind of gave it their all against the Lakers, right? right? Seeing what they put up numbers-wise, is Jamal Murray a top five point guard in the NBA? Why ain't he? That's what I'm saying. Like, this dude's really going crazy. But then it also comes back to I see a lot of people on Twitter. And honestly, a lot of the threads that I read are from Devin the Lab's Twitter. So if y'all are interested in kind of catching up with a lot of the topics that Mark and I throw out there, a lot of it comes from Dev. So tune in with him. But a lot of people are saying he's only playing like this because of the bubble. And that's just – you can't always rely on that excuse or that reasoning. I mean, come on, man. This, he's been doing it since Kentucky. Yeah. And, I mean, you just got to give credit where credit's due. come on, man. I mean, for him to even be doing this at point guard, as we stated last uh, – I don't remember which episode it was, but for him to make that transition from shooting guard with the mighty mouse Tyler Ulis. <laughs> To come into the league and you got to transition from going to the two to the one. First of all, that's so many more reads you have to make as a one compared to a two. When your job Easily. is just basically spot up, run and gun basically at any at all costs, mm-hmm. especially if you're a good shooter like him. And then mm-hmm. you, now you got to go and be able to uh, snake a dribble off your pick and roll or, you know, just a little thing. Um, he need to show me a little more consistency to be considered mm-hmm. a top five, but I don't see why he can't be considering, um, you know, this could be his breakout year to, to really start um, being what he could blossom into. For sure. And that's the thing, man. I mean, at that high of a level, obviously the National Basketball Association, highest level of basketball in the world, right? right? Um, obviously there are so many talented point guards in our league where, it's not ever easy to kind of disclose a top five, a top ten, but obviously people do right, it. Right. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and argue that he's a top five point guard right now, but he's definitely in consideration, and you can't knock that from him. You got to. Sure. I mean, you look at everything that's going on right now, he fits the, uh, the accolades to me, if you ask me, as far as what it takes to be a top five point guard right now. For sure, bro. For sure. And that's the thing, man. So, I mean, that's kind of a little review and recap of the conference finals thus far. Like I said, we got game four of the Lakers and Nuggets tonight. So, you know, we'll be tapped in with that. Sure. 
if you guys ever want us to go live on Instagram or or Zoom or some random like that, hit us up at GZ underscore hoops on Twitter and Instagram and at Breaking Barriers Training. We're always willing to kind of preach what we see on the court live and it's always something fun to do. You know for sure. Saying? I mean, honestly, we could we could do something tonight for Okay. Uh, I'm down. Yeah. We could do something at halftime maybe. We'll see depending on how for the sure. game going. For sure. For sure. Yeah, if it's a blowout, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll figure that out for sure. We'll figure yeah, that definitely. out. But the next thing, bro, we want to talk about here is our boy Mikey Williams. Ooh, yeah. So Honestly, bro, for a kid going into his sophomore year of high school, we've talked about this guy a lot on the Breaking Barriers pod so more far. Than, yes, but more than our name. Not only, yes. <laughs> yes, but like honestly, bro, not only just discussing his basketball abilities, which obviously are top tier, but we also touched on his stance on the Black Lives Matter movement. Obviously, we talked about how he wants to play at HBCU as opposed to a Blue Bud school. But now we got to talk about him transferring high schools. Yeah, that's – man, I almost fell back when you sent me that yesterday, bro. I'm like, what the heck? Shocking. Like, I'm like, what's going on? Like, he was just talking a few – probably a month ago, talk about how he was, you know, he was devoted and uh, faithful to his team and he can never leave because that's where he started and he wanted to finish it and bring a championship there. Then you sent me that and mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was definitely shocking to see that drop. I mean, he dropped it. And you already know, Overtime dropped it because Overtime is basically Mikey's profile. Yeah, you might as well say. <laughs> but, I mean, kind of like you just said, he's always talking about how important home is, how he rocks with San Diego. He He's a part of the Border Boys, you know. Right, right. But, I mean, at the end of the day, bro, he needs to go where he can grow the most as a basketball player. I can't be mad. And if that's, if that's Charlotte, North Carolina – at Charlotte, North Carolina. But the only question I got is, bro, they always hmm. uh, say, you know, Cali got the best hoopers or, you know, they breed a lot of hoopers. And he's bouncing. Yeah, you know, like, what made you go all the way over there? Um, I mean, you know, it's probably a better opportunity, of course, but, I mean, what other opportunity do you really need? I mean, they're pretty much projecting you to be the number one draft pick when when it comes time for you to go for the draft. So, I mean, right. I don't and that's, know. that's what I have typed down here, bro, like, I think this really shows where we're at within high school basketball. So even a kid like Mikey, who is very, very, very well known, he still wants to go to a school where I'm assuming in his mind, collegiate coaches, pro scouts can get the best look at him. And even thrown back to like three, four, five years ago, this wasn't a, a factor within the high school world. You didn't see kids just going across country to play basketball i mean obviously there were kids but you definitely see it way more often now as opposed to back then i mean it's like it's like the the free agents in the nba saying they want to go team up with somebody else right i mean we have to realize this kid he's still got to go to geometry class he's still gotta (laughs) go take a history class like he's not a professional athlete as much as we talk about him as much he's in the the public eye yeah i mean you're right i don't know it's just it's really weird like it's cool for him, and I hope this benefits him in the long run, but I just can't see myself at the age of, what, like 15, 16, moving across the country for basketball. You're right, bro. It just makes me wonder, like, what's what's really in it? Like, what what is North mm-hmm. Carolina offering you that 
Cali can't give you. You think there's money involved? Um, I don't want to put that on my boy, man. I know. I, I hate to even say it, but shoot, I don't know. I did see he was saying that he has family in North Carolina. He grew up, like, he spent a portion of his middle school years in North Carolina. So I guess it's not super random that he's going out that, that way. So but... he say, you know, you know and right. I, I hate to sound like Stephen A and M and, you know, come up with, with all these <laughs> fake logics. But I mean, you know, that's, that's, bro. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just random. Like so random. Like what's out there, like I said, the offer, you know, and like, how does this put you in a position that Cali couldn't put you in as far as you already got offers from everywhere, bro? Right. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I mean, you think you think if he stayed home versus transferring to this school called obviously we didn't even drop it. It's Lake Norman Christian Academy. You think staying home versus going there, does he have a a lesser of a chance to make the league? I mean, I don't personally think so. I don't think it affects nothing. Evidently this move is benefiting him to some extent. I don't I don't think it affects it on the bad side. I'm just wondering what is the positive out of it that you wouldn't get out of Cali, you know, but um, like what's there, like nowadays they travel to go work out with trainers, you know, so I mean, it just, I'm just confused on everything, bro, honestly. Yeah, because honestly, I'm glad you brought up the whole training thing too, because you know he's been rocking with Ryan Rizuki at R2B Ball a lot at the Hoop House. He's been training there all summer, right. so he's not going to be able to do that anymore. Right. Like, who is he, who's he working with and I don't know. It 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 just seems odd. To Real me, odd, bro. But it's <laughs> it's it's so odd. I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, we wishing the best for him wherever he go. But it's it's Facts. just like, I don't know, bro. It's, it's just a, it's just a, it's just random. And it's like, how do you, how do you really explain the fact that you just jumped out of, a probably, a situation where you just brought in. A big name, I guess, over where he's from. You brought in a, a nice little name to come and hoop with you. And who else, who knows who else wanted to come and play with you, you know. Right. And you just up and leave, you know what I mean? But, hey, it's his life. He, of course, he's going to do what he want. And you seen that house they were staying in? No, I didn't oh, even see it. Is bro, it crazy? What? I mean, man, and, and he got enough nerve you up there talking about, yeah, I come from the trenches. Man, y'all cats gonna start to start with that trenches stuff, and y'all got more shoes. That little dirt man, stuff. What? Y'all got more shoes than I ever had in my life. Combined. I'm a I'm a grown you feel man. me, bro. And these cats up here with every shoe in a book. I mean, granted they got the plug, but I mean, you know, his crib was stupid, dope, bro. And this, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's I'm I'm anxious to see everything that comes with this whole move. It's just, I mean, like I said, bringing it back to the whole school aspect, I mean, I don't know if schools in Cali versus schools in uh, North Carolina were virtual. Are they in person? Like, I don't even know anything about that. But I do know that Lake Norman Christian, I looked up last year, they were 31-2, and and they played primarily prep schools. So he wanted to play on the prep scene. I guess this is his way to kind of do that, but if he really wanted to play in the prep scene, I don't know why he didn't go to Sierra Canyon, <laughs> IMG. I mean, I don't know, bro. It's just it's, it's just random, bro. And and if you remember, I don't know if you heard him talk about it or not, but he said the reason why he didn't go to Sierra Canyon or anything else is because of the fact that 
he didn't want to team up with nobody else. You know, he didn't want to do none of that. So, um, could that be a reason why he went all the way out there instead of going to Sierra Kane? Uh Only he knows. Yeah, bro. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, we're wishing Mikey the best. You know, we're going to keep rocking with him here on the Breaking Barriers pod. And, I mean, I'm sure we'll be talking about this kid for years to come. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, of course, hopefully he stays safe, stay healthy. Uh, keep being great, man. Thanks. Now, before we switch over to our ad break here, Mark, I want to just kind of prelude our interviewee here. So when he gets up in the pod, we can kind of just dive straight to right, it. Right, right, okay. Now, today, bro, we got NBA draft prospect Craig Randall. Mm-hmm. Now, so yeah, NBA draft prospect. We got them on the Breaking Barriers pod. But uh, <laughs> so a couple weeks back, we hosted Kyle Randall, former pro hooper, his big brother, uh, current player development coach, which was crazy. It was dope. Honestly, we still need to have him on for part two, discussing his transition from player to right. coach. But now we're about to talk to his little bro who's falling right in Kyle's footsteps and who knows, maybe even a little bit more. I mean, little intro on him, bro. I know we're familiar with him just from back home in Western PA. I mean, Craig's originally from Youngstown, Ohio, where he played three years of high school ball right. before moving over to Arizona for his senior campaign. Right where he actually played under head coach Mike Bibby mm. at Shadow Mountain High School, where he averaged 21 points per game, six assists, three steals. I mean, he was a that's hooper, something, bro. This allowed him to that's be. That's something new to me then, because I didn't even know he played for Coach Bibby. So. Yes, sir. We'll be asking yeah, about it for, for sure. sure. This guy, he ended up being the number one ranked high school player in the state of Arizona by ESPN. Wow. Um, coming out of high school, Craig then played college ball at the D1 level. He had a couple different stints, uh, Memphis, Duquesne, and most recently the University of Tennessee Martin, where in his senior year there, averaged 13 points per game, three rebounds, shooting 38% from the field. Mm -hmm. Now, Craig is training with his big bro over at Game Winner Basketball. All y'all got to follow them on Instagram and Twitter. And he is preparing for the 2020 NBA draft. Okay, then. So, we got without further ado, we'll we'll dive into our ad here, and then when we get back from the break, we'll get them in here. All right, bro. let's get it. Uh, bro, all right, I just sent it to him. Just waiting on him to hop back in. All right, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yes, sir. A little bit of technical difficulties, huh? As always, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> never can go smoothly here on the Breaking Barriers pod, but you know we always get after it. <laughs> <laughs> Good old anchor, man. Leave it to anchor, bro. Facts. I mean, shoot, we're all over. Yeah. Where he at? Where he at right now? I think he's out uh, in the West Coast with Kyle. I think so. Okay. 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 Then yeah. So it's all over the place, man. Hopefully he hop back in here and we can get this underway. Here you go, right here. What's up, Craig? For sure. What's good? Not much, bro. Just chilling. How you? I'm doing pretty good. Chilling. Got the gym. Okay. Hey, there okay. we go. Of course, man. Of course. Just want to say thanks for hopping on the pod tonight, my man. We don't want to keep you too, too long, but definitely want to say, say uh, appreciate you for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, for sure. Thanks for having me. For sure, bro. Yeah, bro. So before we dive into a few questions here, my man, I just want to let you know we did give a whole player intro on you before our ad break, so didn't want to take up too much of your time, like I said. So a lot of our viewers now know who you are, but if you want to just introduce yourself real quick, say what's up and plug your socials, do whatever, and then we can kind of dive into some questions. 
All right, bet. Um, Craig Randall uh, from uh, Youngstown, Ohio. Right now I'm getting ready for the 2020 NBA draft. Um, you can follow me, Two Way Dose, on Instagram. I don't really use my Twitter, so. <laughs> but, yeah. Got you. All right, G, first question on you, bro. For sure, man, for sure. I mean, hmm. so, Craig, talk to us a little bit about playing under a very well-known man within the basketball world, former NBA point guard, head coach Mike Bibby. Oh, yeah, that was uh, probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Just the, the knowledge he gave about how to carry yourself on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And just about the game, period, it's always good to learn from somebody who's been to where you're trying to get to. And uh, he's obviously probably one of the best point guards to play. So he was was very demanding, too. So, I mean, he expected a lot out of you, especially if he saw potential in you. So, But I enjoyed it. I I embraced the challenges he always gave me. So it was fun for me. So how many years were you up under him? Only one year, right? Yeah, just my senior year. Okay, I then. went out there for my senior year. Yep. Okay, then. and um, how how did y'all season end up panning out? We lost in the uh, state final four. Wow, heartbreak. Uh, yeah, it was my. That's why I went too. Like I had never been to the state playoffs for real. I always lost, and when I was at Medina, my junior year, I lost in the district championship, and then uh. so when I moved there, it was just wanted to win state. They had just won the year before. Oh, okay. They actually won. They won the last. They won four years after me too. So. Cheese on man. It sounds like uh, your brother's alma mater, Kennedy Catholic, as of late. <laughs> it's a little bit of technical difficulties, huh? You still there, Craig? Yeah, All I right. got you. Cool, cool. All right, man. Uh, next thing, my man. So on the Breaking Barriers pod here, we talked to a few collegiate athletes so far, but talk to us a little bit about your recruiting process out of high school and give some advice for the younger listeners pursuing athletics after high school. My recruiting process was kind of crazy just because I, I played for like a national AU team with Ohio basketball club. So yeah, I played with the number 10 player in the nation, Carlton Bragg. So hmm. my games were always – Kentucky there, Duke there, North Carolina, like all the top schools. So uh, I got a lot of looks from like Big Ten schools like Minnesota, Iowa. So it was crazy. Um, When I moved to the West Coast, that's when I really started to get West Coast teams. But I think the one thing with recruiting, you just got to always keep your options open. So Mm -hmm. don't always try to pick the school just because of the name. I think a lot of kids get into that and – they worry about what people are going to say and where they go. But right now, like, mid-major players or even players that don't even – like Duncan Robinson, he went to a D3 and then transferred. So, like, guys right. like that. Exactly. To see that the path they're on, you you should always know that going D1 is not – like, you don't have to go D1 to get to the league or to be a professional basketball player. Like, it's a lot of guys that make a lot of money that never play in the NBA, but they mm-hmm. still – and or never play D1 basketball. But – they still play. So you just got to always look at everything, the the environment, the coach, the players, the system. Mm-hmm. So you just got to trust that. And, um, you know, you said you played in front of a lot of um, big-time college, 
coaches, um, how was you able to amp yourself up for them games, but also stay calm at the same time? For me, it was it's just a regular game for me. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, all I know in my whole life is basketball. So, right. like, I'm I'm so used to being at those games. I was watching my big brother; he was in those moments, and right. I had a lot of people who did this before me, so then like preparing me for it was easy. So I used to just go into those games and just play my game. Right. And another thing, like I knew they weren't they were there to see the whole team, but I knew who they were there to see. So if I just played my game and do what I'm supposed to do, I'm sure I'll get those looks. So I mean at my first time it was scary actually. Like <laughs> Calipari came to my game one time. Dang. And I had that was the first head coach we had come to our game, like so when Cal showed up, it was just like, oh, wow, like, Kentucky's really here. But once you get in the game, you got to realize, like, the people you're playing against, you're looking at them too, so you don't want to get killed. So you kind of just got to mm-hmm. gotta lock in on and focus on what you're trying to do. Right, so, you got to just play your game, play your role. You'll get noticed. Right. You'll get noticed. Always. For sure. Always. Exactly. And that's what I was just about to dive into, Craig. I mean, obviously, you come from a basketball family like you just touched on. I was just going to ask, how was having two older brothers who played college hoops help mold you and your game as a whole? They helped a lot. Um, they always were hard on me in workouts. They never let me slack off. And just knowing, like, what they went through in college, they were always preparing me and just passing down knowledge. So some mm-hmm. things – I'd already known going into college. Like, I already knew how workouts were going to be. Mm-hmm. I knew, like, as a guard, like, what a mile time should be. Like, just what you need to do. Like, work out before practice, work out after practice. And even, like, with the recruiting process, especially with Kyle's recruiting process, it was crazy. Like, the amount of coaches that would be at the games at Kennedy and the gym. Yeah, like, man. So, I was always just – and I loved it. Like, I loved the game. So, like – I'm always, like, down to learn. So, like, they knew that with me. So, it was fun, like, being a little brother and, and watching it. Because I was just – I wanted it so bad, too. So, I just couldn't wait to get to it. That's dope. Um, what's what's one of the things you'll always remember that your brother told you? As far to as the always, game. As far as the game? Mm-hmm. To just be you. I mean, a lot of guys go out Simple. And, and try to be – something they see on a video or they feel like they got to change their game because the coach might say this, but he's like right now, especially his biggest thing right now is just stay me and play my game. Because if you play your game, like at any level right now, you're like, it's going to be seen. So you don't need to go outside yourself. You don't need to do less, like just be you and do what you do. Like however long it's gotten you to where it's gotten you to. So, I mean, that's, he's Kyle's been big on that, just being me, because mm-hmm. he asked what he did. So all through college, um, all through his professional career, he just was himself. He just played his game, and so it's kind of hard not to listen to that. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. I'm glad you even brought that up, just because Mark and I here on the pod have talked multiple times how kids these days focus too much on making that highlight play right to get noticed right. by certain social media pages, influencers, all that kind of stuff where if you just kind of hone into what you're supposed to do, you focus on your job, your job, your task at hand, you'll get noticed regardless. Play your game. Yeah. 
Kyle, he's, he's one of his favorite lines for me right now is, "Know your role, play your role, star on your role, and we're gonna collect that check." So that's tough. That's that's what we <laughs> that say. Is. That's that's what we say all the time, and that's what your focus should be, even in high school, even in, when you get to college. Because when you go to college, you're not always gonna be the best player. Like you're not the only one no more. It's like on your for high sure. school team, you might be the best player. And I had to learn that too. That was probably one of the biggest challenges I had. Going to Memphis my freshman year, I wasn't the best player anymore. Like, it's a little different. Yeah, so you got to adapt to that. You got to you know, adapt to playing a role. And when it's your time to, to do what you do, then that's when you got to do that. But just remain yourself. Always same work ethic you had. Don't change that. Stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure, bro. I mean, um, you know, bouncing around, though, you was able to learn a lot, though. So, I mean, um yeah. What's one thing you took from each program that you felt like built you into the player you are? At Memphis, I I took away just always being tough. Because, uh, you know, Memphis is rough. They like Their mm-hmm. background as a program is just hard-nosed, play hard, Definitely. do the grimy things. Like, that's how the city is. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing I took. And then just changing coaches because they went from – I had passed in my freshman year. And then Tubby Smith, my second year, like playing for a Hall of Fame coach. That's it crazy. It was attention to detail. Like my second year, like he's big on attention to detail. And then mm-hmm. like seeing it, like having somebody teach you that, you realize how big it is. Definitely. And then I went to Duquesne with Keith Danbrock, LeBron's old coach. Yes, sir. Like that right there, he's – He's ruffling. Like, if you ask, like, you all know Sin and Maceo. Yeah, we we had Maceo on here a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like, they'll tell you, like, he's one of the hardest coaches to play for because his expectations of you, like, when he knows you're good, like, when you're one of his guys, his expectations are high. (laughs) So, I mean, I've, and I know Coach Denbrock literally since I was probably eight because he recruited Kyle. Like, so, Mm -hmm. like, one thing I learned from him is just being able to be coachable like at all times, no matter situation. Like, and you have to be the hardest working player at all times. Mm-hmm. That's one thing he used to say about Bron is Bron just outworked everybody. Like nobody did what Bron did. Right. So, and you can tell because look at Bron now. Like it's year seventeen. Year seventeen. He's Come on. He's doing man. whatever he wants. You know Ex- what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> and at UT Martin, when I when I went there, I finally like that's where I got to be like myself. Right. So, like, that was more of just, like, like my coach how to, like, just grow up. So, like. Feeling comfortable. My, yeah, my pace of my game changed. Like, what I took from there the most was just, I mean, like, you, Martin is a very country place. So, it's not a lot out there. A little so different than Youngstown? Way different than Youngstown. <laughs> way, different, way different than Pittsburgh. Way different than Memphis. So, like. Your focus has to change when you're a place like that because schools like that, like, you can either get in trouble a lot or you can just focus on what you got to do. So I was really <laughs> only there to play basketball. I wasn't there to do nothing else. So, like, right there, the one thing I took from UT Morrow was just my focus and how locked in I stayed and how locked in you have to be when you're trying to accomplish something. That's dope, That's man. tough, man. That's tough. Definitely. G, you got anything else, man? Oh, uh, yeah. One more thing, Craig. So, obviously, we see you're training with Big Bro Kyle over at Game Winner Basketball. All yeah. of our viewers, followers, definitely going to tap in with them over on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. But So, as of late, leading up to the 2020 draft, 
you got to just tell us a little bit about what y'all been working on, what you've been focusing on, and just kind of your mindset going into the draft. Uh, we've been just working on making shots. We get a lot of reps up. Um, Kyle's, Kyle's big on detail too, attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he just stopped playing. So right. his knowledge of the game and what he knows about the league, like the ins and the outs of the actual league of playing, like the off the court stuff, like the politics side, like we just been hitting hard on that. Like just knowing what I've got to do. And really, it's a make shot league right now. So, like, you got to make shots. If you want to play, you got to be able to make shots. So, we just been working on making shots. And, like I said, he's big on know my role, play my role, star in my role. So, that's what we, we've been focusing on. But it's been fun. Um, I never thought that my brother would be the one preparing me for my draft. Like, I never, like, thought that because I always thought he'd still be playing. But mm-hmm. he's – He's done a great job, and I respect him and, and his game and what he's teaching me. And game winner basketball is huge, too. So, like, down here in Washington where we are, like, mm-hmm. he's really making a name for himself out here with that. I mean, obviously you guys know his background. Right, and, like, right. At home and what he did at Kennedy. He's a he's a legend there. Like, he's a GOAT for real. Thanks. So, <laughs> Definitely. But, man. yeah, I mean, I think I'll be ready for the draft. I mean, I'm not one of the highest names in the draft. not really – I'm not, you know, you're like, so that's cool with me. But I've been slept on for a long time. So proving people wrong and making a name for myself is what I've always done. That's, I mean, that's all that matters at the end of the day, bro. You know, as long as yeah. you believe in yourself. So, I mean. Yeah, I'm always bet on me. So I'm cool. For Thanks, sure, man. Hey, you know, we out here rooting for you, for sure. For sure, man, for sure. For sure. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm good. You know, we got a great interview with you. So, if G ain't got no more questions, I just first and foremost, again, appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah, bro, for real. Appreciate taking your time out of your day. I know you're out on the West Coast, so our time zones are a little goofed up. But oh uh, yeah, we got it done, man, and we're going to be posting this tonight. So, you'll be seeing it soon. Okay, bet. I appreciate you guys. No right, doubt, bro. bro. Be safe. Uh, yeah. All right, G, and that's uh, another episode. So, um, you know, if you ain't got nothing else, we appreciate the the fans for tuning in ahead of time before you get a chance to. For and, sure. Uh, and uh, y'all, make sure y'all leave me alone about that mishap earlier about me saying Minnesota. I know they was <laughs> not in the playoffs. But I already, I'm saying to G because I already know I'm going to get some flack, bro. Yeah, you know, you know how that go. But, yeah, yeah man, so. shout, shout out Spotify, <laughs> Anchor, Apple. Shout out to Craig, man. That was a great interview. Hope you all take a lot of the three kind of key points he emphasized throughout his collegiate experience, whether it was at Memphis, Duquesne, and UT Martin. I mean, he learned a lot. He just kind of gave us a lot of knowledge that we can take on our road as coaches and just keep tapping in with with us, man. You know we're going to keep it going. Yeah, for sure, man. That's another episode. And uh, let's get this EP up so we can run them up. I'm going to tap in with you. Bad, bro. Talk to you soon. All right, my dog.